This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. The story of one of my clients. He got a call from their local TV station about having a reporter follow them around for a day when it was really, really hot. He begrudgingly said yes and had a great spot on the evening news and something that he used for years to come to show the customers that his company could be trusted. He was curious. He asked the TV station manager why they called his company. The answer, you were not our first choice. However, the people who advertise with us wouldn't take our calls. <laughs> Always take a media person's calls. And today with that laughter, I have Frank Silverstein, a producer extraordinaire who has produced thousands of segments to help you prepare and have a great interview. In terms of full disclosure, I'm turning the tables on Frank. He interviewed me for a segment on MSNBC's former show, It's Your Business, and did a phenomenal job. Frank, welcome to Contractor Sense. Hi, Ruth. Thank you. My pleasure. It is so nice to turn the tables on you for a change. I get to ask you all the tough questions. There you so, go. I mean, you've, do, you've done interviews for years and years and years and years and years, and, you know, we're a a bunch of contractors for the most part who you know the media calls and they freeze and they say oh, well, i don't want anybody on you know i don't want this expose or whatever and you you know most of the time that's not really the case is it no it's not i think um by and large when someone from the media is calling it's because they read an article about you they met you somebody mentioned you they're looking for a story that relates to what you do and they pretty much are wanting you to be who you are uh, because what you've got to say is something that they want to hear. Yeah. And, you know, from my perspective, and, and I know everybody's thinking, well, I'm going to be nervous. Is that really bad? No, nervous is good. Um, it's a funny thing. It, it can be crippling, um, but actually what it generally means is that you're on your toes. You're alert. Um, you're, you know, you're aware and, um, some, and oftentimes you're at your best, um, when you're a little bit nervous. Um, and so I, in fact, I find that the people who, when I call up and someone says, oh, you got to talk to so-and-so, he or she is hilarious. They're always on, they're terrific people. Very often, those are the ones that freeze up the most in an interview. The one that's really nervous and says, oh, I've never been on television. I never talk on the radio. Very often those people are going to be a much better interviewer in, I find, because they're so concerned. They're so, they're so focused on it that when they talk, they're saying something that matters to them. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you warm them up? What are the questions that you normally ask somebody the first time you're actually meeting them? So what I usually try to do is I ask people questions that I know that are easy to answer. Where do you live? Um, uh, what, what is your business? What do you do? Um, you know, even how do you spell your name? Because as a journalist, I need to get that verified. Um, and the spelled correctly. 
<laughs> the kind of things I I know they will have no problem answering. And once you get into that, once you've broken the ice and they they say, oh yeah, I know how to spell my name. And yeah, I know where I live. And yeah, I know all about my, you know, what it is my that business. I spell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then by by the time you've got them talking like that, then they sort of forget a little bit that they're being broadcast. Right. And then you always talk about being prepared for open-ended questions. Why aren't yes or no questions any good? Well, from a TV point of view, yes or no questions are really awful when the questioner is not on the, is not being, is not being filmed. So oftentimes when I was doing interviews, you never actually saw or heard me. So if I asked you, um, uh, how's business, is business going well? And you say, yes, it's going great. Then the, yes, it's going great is not a very usable question. Um, if it like you and I, where you're hearing you ask the questions, my answer is also, it can be, it, you will hear the question, you'll know what the answer is relating to, but open-ended questions are better because it forces someone to really explain what they're talking about. Do you ever get into a situation that basically says, hey, here's what we're actually looking for. Can you talk to something like this? Would that be helpful? You know, um, I, by and large, try to avoid that. A lot of times you will find journalists will say to you, listen, I came to you because you are the one successful restaurant on this street that's doing terrible. And I need you to tell me why that's going on that way. Um, sometimes people will say that, but I find that it's, and, and as, as if you're being interviewed, it's not at all unfair to say, what is it that you need from me? Um, what are you looking for, uh, for me to tell you? Um, I don't like it when people ask me that because I find that it, it narrows the conversation. Um, but a lot of journalists you know, they just say, I need a, you know, they'll say, I need a soundbite about such and such. Yeah, those are hard. I'd much prefer <laughs> to have this conversation. <laughs> well, what happens is that when it puts someone on the spot, especially if you say, I need a soundbite on blah, blah, blah. And because, they're nervous and then they go blank. Yeah. And also most, most people, most normal people don't speak in sound bites. They don't know what a soundbite is exactly. Hey, Frank. I hate to interrupt you, but what's a soundbite? Explain a soundbite to our audience. A soundbite. Yeah, it's, a it's an incredibly stupid thing, but what it is is on television, if somebody can say something fast, quickly, and snappy, and you immediately get what they're saying, then that's a soundbite. And if they ramble on about this and that and the other, and they never get to the point, that's not a soundbite. So if I say, I love to wake up in the morning and I am my smartest, brightest self in the morning. That's a good soundbite. If I say, well, when I wake up in the morning, some days I can be really, I don't know, mornings are a tough thing for me, then that's not really a good soundbite because it, it's not clear what I'm trying to say. So I would assume that people who are talking to the media they should have and you know a couple of quick things that they can say just kind of in the back of their head well you know i it's the journalist's job is really to help them fashion that soundbite 
if you, yes, if you can come up, if you know you're talking about um, the pandemic and you know that they're going to want to know how is the pandemic affecting your business, you might want to come up with a line and say, we're getting slaughtered by this pandemic or this, we thought we'd get killed by that pandemic and we're doing fantastic. Those, those kind of things are sound bites that journalists love and they're easy for you to prepare. Um, if you get nervous about thinking, oh, I got to say the right thing, then it's the journalist's job to say, to come back at you and ask that same question several different times until you, you fashion it for them. Oftentimes you'll find a journalist will ask you the same question or something very similar over and over again. And what they're looking for is a sharper, faster way for you to say the same thing. Cool. And, and on that note, let's, it's time to pause for a break. So thank you for listening to Contractor Sense. We will be right back. Do you ever have warranty leak issues? One of Ruth King's clients did about four years ago. Thousands of dollars in expense and unhappy customers. She solved this problem for him though. How? With a leak letter that every customer must sign when the service technician discovers a refrigerant leak. Once they implemented the letter, there were no more warranty leak headaches. No warranty leak callbacks. Happier customers. The surprising result was more replacement sales too. To get a copy of the leak letter for free, just send Ruth an email at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. That's ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. You can't. That's what my daughter Kate told me when I said I wanted to make financials fun. The gauntlet was laid down. The red blanket was waved in front of the bowl. Ronin the Rubber Duck was born. This ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective. To get this fun, easy to read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronan the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. That's R-O-N-A-N, the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. Let me know if I made financials fun for you. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I am talking with Frank Silverstein, who is producer extraordinaire, and we're trying to get you comfortable with talking to the media. So when a media person calls you on the phone and say, hey, it's summer, you know, what can you tell our viewers or what can you tell our listeners? You don't freeze up. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about sound bites and we were talking about how media gets you comfortable. And Frank, it's up to you. Now, you talk about provocative questions. What's a provocative question? Give me an example. <laughs> well, I might say, Ruth, you, why do you think you have any knowledge about contractors and contracting business? I understand that women don't really do any kind of contracting. It's really a men's world. Well, Frank, I started an organization called Women in HVACR, and you'd be shocked to know that there are a lot of us out there doing phenomenal things in the heating and air conditioning industry. I was one of the first five people in Georgia, women, in 1993, 92, to get my contractor's license among all the guys staring at me saying, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> there you go. I got you going. <laughs> and that's, That was a provocative question. That's the provocative question because Frank's challenged me for all intents and purposes. And the, the idea is if somebody challenges you, you step up and say, hey, I'm great at this. And this is why I'm great at this. Or I think you're mistaken. I basically said that without saying that. You'll notice I did that. I said, look, there are a lot of women. You know, I was one of the first five and you know, there's women in HVACR and there's a lot of women who are actually doing really phenomenal things in our industry. So don't be offended 
and, and Frank, I'm taking words out of your mouth. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, um, no. You know, when, when a media person, when Frank asks you a question like that, it's, he's trying to get something out of you that will be helpful for his audience. Um, well, yeah, we're basically, when somebody gets a little bit annoyed um, at me, they will correct me, and that makes, makes them sound really smart and sharp. And that's what I want from them as a journalist. I want this person to be sharp and smart. And so um, it, sometimes people are a little taken aback and they'll say, they'll be think, I can see it in their eyes. I'll ask them a question and they'll go like, are you crazy? <laughs> and then they jump right in and that's exactly what I want. And it makes them look good. Yeah. And that's the idea. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head right now by saying your job is to make the person being interviewed look good. Is that correct? So, so I want, I want you, your, your voice in my story is going to be a particular role. Maybe you're an owner of a business or maybe you're a foreman in a, in a shop or maybe you're a, you're a, a buyer for a big store. You're, you're going to be saying a part of the story and I want you to say your part as clearly and as smartly as possible. So I want you to sound good in the sense that I want you to be a great spokesman for the piece that I have for you in the story. Got it. Now, obviously you can't do this with something like we're doing, like a podcast or audio, but if somebody is doing video and they're mm -hmm. interviewing you for a TV show or a TV story, or even, you know, a, a webcast or something along those lines, do props help? They can help, absolutely, because with television, it's a visual medium. And so um, sometimes if you're trying to say, um, to fold a paper airplane, you need to take this corner and put it under that corner, and the other corner goes this way, tucks into this part. If you don't have a piece of paper and you're not folding it while you're explaining it, people will get totally lost. Yeah. Um, or if it's clothing, how to dress for success, then, you know, maybe you want to have a couple of uh, different shirts or blouses that you can say, look at this one, look how nice this looks, and look how awful this one looks, or whatever. Got it. So when, whenever appropriate, you know, show them, a, you know, show them some pictures of, in our industry, let's say, of a heating and air conditioning system that's maintained properly, or one that's not maintained properly. Or something right. along like those if, lines. If, if, if people forget to change the filters and the filters look really crummy, yeah, it's like grab grab a have a clean one and a dirty one. The your your crew may not want you to do that, but if you do have it there, they may be so thankful because they'll say, "Oh, gee, this is so interesting to look at." It's gross when they're dirty, Frank. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so show and tell is good. Now, you mentioned, and, and a lot of times people will talk about this and um, not know what's going on. Explain B-roll. B-roll. B-roll is an expression that comes from film editing, and it is the pictures that you see when you are hearing something. So, so that's not the person that's speaking. So if I'm talking about airplanes and I say, I love to fly on, on commercial airplanes and you're seeing an airplane take off, that's called B-roll. Um, if, uh, if I'm talking about the, the different cakes that I bake and, I'm, and you're seeing 
the chocolate layer cake and the pudding cake and the cannoli cake, then, um, it, but you're hearing me talking about it, but you don't see me saying it, the cakes that you're looking at would be the B-roll. And a lot of times, camera people will talk about B-roll as though you would know what it is, but most people would have no reason to know what, it's a kind of a professional expression. Got it. All right, and one other thing that you always, I mean, you asked me at the end of our interview, your favorite last question is? My favorite last question is to ask somebody, um, is there something that we left out? Is there something that we should talk about here? You've heard, usually the way I phrase it is, you've heard what I've had to ask you and what I've had to say. Um, is there a piece of this that I've missed or that we need to add to this? And that gives them the opportunity, I think, to talk about just about every, anything they want, correct? Yeah, and what happens is a lot of times people say, I don't know why you never asked me how I got into this business in the first place, because that's the most important thing. Or they might say, gee, I think you got it perfect. I have nothing to add. You know, it, it, it just depends. But very often, and you know, if you're being interviewed by somebody and you are thinking to yourself, why don't you ask me about <laughs> Then you should, it would be super wise of you when the guy says, or the woman says, we're done, thank you very much. You could just jump right in and say, you know something, there's something we need to talk about that you left out. And you will see the interviewer's eyes will bug out and they'll be so thrilled because they will know whatever it is that you're you, in your craw that you wanted to say, that's important and they should have asked you about it. Terrific. Now, Frank, I'm gonna, since we're at our time limit, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you that question. <laughs> something you feel that I did not cover. <laughs> no, you know, I think that um, you, you covered it well. I would say that the, a real key for people is to bear in mind that you are, whatever it is that you've got to say, um, you, you can add to or correct as you go along. And if, and, and, and it's important that you, you assert what it is that's in your mind and not be intimidated by the interviewer. Don't be rude to them, but don't be intimidated. And um, again, you know, be yourself. If you're a quiet person or a loud, boisterous person, that's going to be fine either way because that's who you are. And don't be afraid of being who you are. Frank Silverstein, thank you so much. Where do we get a hold of you if they have other questions? Ah, so you can reach me at, through my website at franksilverstein.com. Really tough. You would make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Ruth. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. My pleasure. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.